Good evening, people of God. Welcome, dear ones, to Good Friday. A day for deep reflection on all that Jesus went through for the sake of the world, for the sake of each and every one of you. We remember today the great suffering Jesus endured in his journey to the cross. His suffering was physical, emotional, even spiritual. He gave himself for us, entering into death, evil, and the powers of darkness so that we might be saved from them. Tonight there are no bells and whistles to this service. Simply hear this story from John chapters 18 and 19. Allow it to come alive around you and within you and walk with Jesus through what he has done for you. To break up each of the readings, we will have moments of prayer and reflective music. Our service will have a drama toward the end of it, and we will end in silence as the Christ candle is removed from our presence. Let us now quiet our hearts and our minds so that we might better prepare ourselves to experience the passion of our Christ. Our readings begin in chapter 18 from the book of John, starting with the first verse. After Jesus had spoken these words, he went out with his disciples across the Kidron Valley to a place where there was a garden, which he and his disciples entered. Now Judas, who had betrayed him, also knew the place, because Jesus often met there with his disciples. So Judas brought a detachment of soldiers together with police from the chief priests and the Pharisees, and they came there with lanterns and torches and weapons. Then Jesus, knowing all that was to happen to him, came forward and asked them, Whom are you looking for? They answered, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus replied, I am he. Judas, who betrayed him, was standing with them. When Jesus said to them, I am he, they stepped back and fell to the ground. Again he asked them, Whom are you looking for? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I told you that I am he. So if you are looking for me, let those men go. This was to fulfill the word that he had spoken. I did not lose a single one of those whom you gave me. Then Simon Peter, who had a sword, drew it, struck the high priest's slave, and cut off his right ear. The slave's name was Malchus. Jesus said to Peter, Put your sword back in its sheath. I am not to drink the cup that the Father has given me. So the soldiers, their officer, and the Jewish police arrested Jesus and bound him. First they took him to Annas, who was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, the high priest that year. 
Caiaphas was the one who advised the, the, advised the Jews that it was better to have one person die for the people. Let us pray. O God, your Son chose the path which led to pain before joy and to the cross before glory. Plant his cross in our hearts so that in its power and love we may come at last to joy and glory through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And all of God's people say, Amen. disciple followed Jesus. Since that disciple was known to the high priest, he went with Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest. But Peter was standing outside at the gate. So the other disciples, who was known to the high priest, went out, spoke to the woman who guarded the gate, and brought Peter in. The woman said to Peter, you are not also one of this man's disciples, are you? He said, I am not. Now the slaves and the police had made a charcoal fire because it was cold, and they were standing around it and warming themselves. Peter also was standing with them and warming himself. Then the high priest questioned Jesus about his disciples and about his teaching. Jesus answered, I have spoken openly to the world. I have always taught in synagogues and in the temple where all the Jews come together. I have said nothing in secret. Why do you ask me? Ask those who heard what I said to them. They know what I said. When he said this, one of the police standing nearby struck Jesus on the face, saying, Is this how you answer the high priest? Jesus answered, If I have spoken wrongly, testify to the wrong. But if I have spoken rightly, why do you strike me? Then Annas sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. Now Simon Peter was standing and warming himself. They asked him, You are not also one of his disciples, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the slaves of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, Did I not see you in the garden with him? Again, Peter denied it. And at that moment, the cock crowed. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, You have called us to follow you. Grant that our love may not grow cold in your service, and that we may not fail or deny you in the hour of trial. And all of God's people say, Amen.
Our third reading begins at verse 28. Then they took Jesus from Caiaphas to Pilate's headquarters. It was early in the morning. They themselves did not enter the headquarters so as to avoid ritual defilement and to be able to eat the Passover. So Pilate went out to them and said, What accusation do you bring against this man? They answered, If this man were not a criminal, we would not have brought, handed him over to you. Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and judge him according to your law. The Jews replied, We are not permitted to put anyone to death. This was to fulfill what Jesus had said when he indicated the kind of death he was to die. Then Pilate entered the headquarters again, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you ask this on your own, or did others tell you about me? Pilate replied, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. Pilate asked him, So you are a king? Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. Pilate asked him, What is truth? Let us pray. Almighty God, your Son, our Savior, suffered at the hands of men and endured the shame of the cross. Grant that we may walk in the way of his cross and find it the way of life and peace through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And all of God's people say, Amen. reading continues from verse 38. After he had said this, he went out to the Jews again and told them, I find no case against him, but you have a custom that I release someone for you at the Passover. Do you want me to release for you the king of the Jews? They shouted in reply, not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was abandoned. Then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged. And the soldiers wove a crown of thorns and put it on his head, and they dressed him in a purple robe. They kept coming up to him, saying, 
Hail, King of the Jews, and striking him on the face. Pilate went out again and said to them, Look, I am bringing him out to you to let you know that I find no case against him. So Jesus came out, wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, Here is the man. When the chief priests and the police saw him, they shouted, Crucify him! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and crucify him. I find no case against him. The Jews answered him, We have a law, and according to that law, he ought to die because he has claimed to be the Son of God. Now when Pilate heard this, he was more afraid than ever. He entered his headquarters again and asked Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. Pilate therefore said to him, Do you you refuse to speak to me? Do you not know that I have power to release you and power to crucify you? Jesus answered him, You would have no power over me unless it had been given to you from above. Therefore, the one who handed me over to you is guilty of a greater sin. From then on, Pilate tried to release him, but the Jews cried out, If you release this man, you are no friend of the emperor. Everyone who claims to be a king sets himself against the emperor. When Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus outside and sat on the judge's bench at a place called the Stone Pavement, or in Hebrew, Gabbatha. Now, it was the day of the preparation for the Passover, and it was about noon. He said to the Jews, Here is your king. They cried out, Away with him! Away with him! Crucify him! Pilate asked them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, We have no king but the emperor. Then he handed him over to them to be crucified. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, you carried our sins in your own body on the tree so that we might have life. May we and all who remember this day find new life in you now and in the world to come, where you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit now and forever. And all of God's people say, Amen. The fifth reading this evening continues in John 19. So they took Jesus, and carrying the cross by himself, he went out to what is called the place of the skull, which in Hebrew is called Golgotha. There they crucified him, and with him two others, 
one on either side with Jesus between them. Pilate also had an inscription written and put on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this inscription because the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Hebrew, in Latin, and in Greek. Then the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write, King of the Jews, but this man said, I am King of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his clothes and divided them into four parts, one for each soldier. They also took his tunic. Now the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece from the top. So they said to one another, Let us not tear it, but cast lots for it, to see who will get it. This was to fulfill what the scripture says. They divided my clothes among themselves, and for my clothing they cast lots. And that is what the soldiers did. Meanwhile, standing near the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple, whom he loved standing beside her, he said to his mother, Woman, here is your son. Then he said to the disciple, Here is your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her into his own home. Let us pray. Almighty God, you sent your Son, our Savior Jesus Christ, to take our flesh upon him and to suffer death on the cross. Grant that we may share in his obedience to your will and the glorious victory of his resurrection. Through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. And all of God's people say, Amen. Our sixth reading continues in John, the 19th chapter. After this, when Jesus knew that all was now finished, he said, in order to fulfill scripture, I am thirsty. A jar full of sour wine was standing there, so they put a sponge full of the wine on a branch of hyssop and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the wine, he said, It is finished. Then he bowed his head and gave up 
his spirit. Since it was the day of preparation, the Jews did not want the bodies left on the cross during the Sabbath, especially because the Sabbath was a day of great solemnity. So they asked Pilate to have the legs of the crucified men broken and the bodies removed. Then the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and the other who had been crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. Instead, one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and at once blood and water came out. He who saw this has testified so that you also may believe. His testimony is true and knows that he tells the truth. These things occurred so that the scripture might be fulfilled. None of his bones shall be broken. And again, another passage of scripture says, They will look on the one whom they have pierced. Let us pray. Eternal God, your kingdom has broken into our troubled world through the life, death, and resurrection of your Son. Help us to hear your word and obey it so that we become instruments of your redeeming love. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever, and all of God's people say, Amen. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy on me. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. The seventh and final reading finishes John chapter 19, verses 38 through 42. After these things, Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus, though a secret one, because of his fear of the Jews, asked Pilate to take, let him take away the body of Jesus. Pilate gave him permission, so he came and removed his body. Nicodemus, who had at first come to Jesus by night, also came, bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, weighing about a hundred pounds. They took the body of Jesus and wrapped it with the spices in linen cloths, according to the burial custom of the Jews. Now, there was a garden in the place where he was crucified, and in the garden there was a new tomb in which no one had ever been laid. And so, because it was the Jewish day of preparation and the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus there. 
Here ends our readings. I worshipped him. I followed him. I gave birth to him. And in that hour, that awful hour, his hour of need, I I stood stood there and watched him die. They say I was possessed. Evil spirits, demons, that's what they called them. The way my life was, I can't explain it. It was as if someone held me down and there was no way getting out of it. So when Jesus, the man who could perform miracles, the man who could heal souls, came and arrived, what else could I do but throw myself at his feet and beg for him to heal me? his hands on me. And right then, immediately, I felt lighter. When he put his hands on me, it was as if he was taking out the darkness of my soul. He said some words. I don't remember what they were. But I looked up at him. And he smiled. That warm smile filled with love for me, a girl he had just met. I always thought I'd spend my life on the sea. It was in our blood, James and I. My earliest memory is of my father tying knots in a rope while I held the other hand. His hands were so dexterous, his fingers so light and nimble, his not so strong and secure. But then, a normal day, just like any other, a day spent out on the seas, many fish caught, many nets tended. But the day Jesus called me and James to follow him, well, that day I knew I was no longer a fisher of the sea. I was a fisher of men. From the first moment I held Jesus in my arms, I knew my life was forever changed. But that day, the day he was born in a stable behind an inn, that was the day I knew my life was no longer my own. From that day forward, nothing was as important as that child. A child entrusted to me by the one and only God. A child unlike any other. So full of peace. So full of light. So full of love. A love I could see in that very first moment when I held him in my arms and looked into his eyes and I knew for the first time in my life, this man is my savior. 
This child is what I was made for. This is why I'm here. I don't know how we endured it. The beating, the torment. His poor body given to him by God. A body once so strong. A body I once anointed. How could they do this to him? The soldier flogged Jesus again and again until his body gave out. And then, even then, the soldiers held him up and the whip cracked through the air. After a few lashings, I had to turn away. I couldn't look. My Savior, my healer, in desperate need of healing. I tried to step in. I tried to leave it with that burden. The crowds, they were too big. The swords, too sharp. Mother shouldn't outlive her children. That's not the way it's supposed to be. It's not natural. Hadn't I done what God asked me to do? I born his son. And now I must watch him die. As they nailed Jesus to the cross, piercing the flesh of his hands and feet, flesh made inside my own. I wanted nothing more than to take his place, but I couldn't. There was nothing I could do. We stood there by the cross, his mother and I, and his disciple, John, who Jesus loved above all, his friend, his brother. And in his final moments, Jesus didn't think of himself. He saw us standing there and said to Mary, Woman, here is your son. And he said to the disciple, Here is your mother. He wanted to make sure I was protected. Cared for. Loved. In the end, God was merciful to my son. His death came quick. His final words were, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And And then then it was quiet. As I looked up at Jesus, I was filled with a sense of peace. God had given me this man, this beautiful man. And in him, God had given the whole earth a gift. A gift of hope for a better world gift of love for God's people. For those of us who were there, for those of us who knew Jesus, we can find comfort knowing how much we meant to him. 
while he was with us. He told me I was special. He honored me every day of his life. He said that I was beloved. beloved. Tonight we bear witness that Jesus Christ endured great suffering and death on a cross out of love for each and every one of you. The beginning of John reminds us tonight the true light which enlightens everyone, had come into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, and yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. Not only did they not accept him, his own people put him to death on a cross. Humanity, God's own people did our best to extinguish God's light in this world. The very same one who anointed every one of us to call us beloved. To this, God says, give me three days. 